Oh, my God. 
25 minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Friday, Erev Shabbos. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. Be 
Yeah. 
ונחו, לנפשי נפידיוי, מישי זוהנוכו, ויגידו שציוי, מלמשיבוכו, אדונותיוי נפש נדוכו. אשוי מי שבוס, אבי ממבס, לוקיילו ציקמינכו עד מחבס. וכבו ברובו, אוי סמי לחלומי, אסם אוי לשבו, אוי סיזי מנעימים, במחול הירי ואוי, במין המטעמים, במון משכו ואוי זבח משבוכו. אשוי מי שבוס, אבי ממבס, לוקיילו ציקמינכו על מחבס. וישרי כל חויך, לסו שלימי חי, ומייס כסויך, שכם הוא ערופר. נחלו לא יזכרו אורי ושופר, בובו אורי ושופר. נחלו ימניחו, קשי מש לא יזרחו. כל שמע שמוס כהן, תשכנעו עוס מייכל, לא יענה שכים אז כהן אז גוהל ולוי. ואם יעיץ היו, לא מכוי מס היו, רואים, אוי אוי אשרי לו.
JM in the AM, good morning. Welcome, everybody, to another amazing and incredible Friday morning edition of JM in the AM. My name is Nachum Siegel, Yehuda Solomon with Vishamru. You heard Shabbos Dick Otsros with Baruch Kel Elyon, Baruch Hagever from Leif Tahar, Vayivarech from Blue Fringe, a.k.a. Pella with Cry No More, and, of course, Regesh Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. It's a Sphere format Friday on this April the 20th, day five in the month of ER. Today, traditionally would be the 70th anniversary celebration of the State of Israel. Because it's Erev Shabbos, we, of course, celebrated yesterday. And I hope that everybody um, really gained from yesterday morning's program. It was a, a, a remarkable 70th anniversary special. Big thank you to Mayor Weingarten, of course. And um, in addition to it being a great special, it was uh, extra special having our friends at the Brooklyn Cyclone sponsor the entire thing. They take great pride in their uh, outreach to our community all season long, and especially with Jewish Heritage Night coming up on June the 19th. And I hope you'll circle your calendar and make sure to be there on June the 19th in Brooklyn, New York at MCU Park. It's always a lot of fun, and, um, and what can I tell you? It's just a, uh, a wonderful way to... Um, Celebrate Israel 70 with the seven hours that we did straight from 6 a.m. Eastern time all the way until 1 o'clock through the live lunch yesterday. Also, a big thank you to uh, Kosher in Midtown, Kevin Conan. Delicious 70th anniversary lunch yesterday in celebration with the falafel, with the pita bread, and <laughs> with the uh, delicious cutlets and wings and everything else that was sent over. So a big thank you there at 43 East 34th Street in New York City, and there's about five solid restaurant-type choices under one roof. Kosherinmidtown.com has all the information, and they are to be commended. Every one of their food departments, <laughs> uh, one more delicious than the next, frankly. Really nice. It's Erev Shabbos. Uh, today is Friday morning with uh, day 20 in the counting of the Omer, two weeks and six days. Today is day number 20 in the counting of the Omer. It's Erev Shabbos, Parshas, Tazria, and Mitzora outside of Israel. Right? They did Tazria and Mitzora last week. Candle lighting at 7.20 here in the New York area. 7.20 will uh, we'll start Bahab on Monday. Monday begins Bahab. If you're not familiar with that, consult with your local rabbi. 36 degrees outside, partly cloudy, and a high of 54. Clear tonight, low 39. Wow. Sunshine for tomorrow with a high temperature, 61 degrees. 71 now in Yerushalayim. We're at 36 here in New York City. As we say good morning at JM in the AM, 6.30 in the morning. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Full day, brand new edition of a Table for Two with Naomi Nachman coming up. Uh, Kedem presentation of the Arab Shabbos music mix coming up. A whole bunch of stuff coming up, that's for sure. And um, we have a full day for you on this Arab Shabbos here at the Nachum Siegel Network. Malcolm Honline is is literally returning from Israel this morning. Yeah. He experienced the uh, amazing and incredible Yom Hatzmut number 70 in Israel. And he returns this morning and is scheduled for 7.40 Eastern time, one hour and 10 minutes from now to join us here at JM in the AM. And we are very much looking forward to it. By the way, note your calendars. Note your calendars. 
because apparently um, the president of Yeshiva University, the esteemed uh, Rabbi Dr. Ari Berman, is scheduled to join us in studio this coming Wednesday. And we are very much looking forward to welcoming him here, very much, and um, having a conversation, uh, the first one that we will have since he became the president of Yeshiva University, an institution that is extremely dear and important to me, as everyone out there knows. And we'll have an opportunity to uh, have him visit with us, and we'll visit with him here in studio this coming Wednesday. So mark your calendars. It should be a, uh, a very interesting conversation. And um, I hope you'll tune in and be part of it with us at JM in the AM. More coming up. It's a it's a uh, Sphera format Friday with Bitachon at JM in the AM. Shoot, right? Yeah, yeah. 
Shabbat. Kel Ishmerani Oti Leomeyad. Beno Veni Oti Leomeyad. Beno Veni Oti Leomeyad. Beno Veni. Asur Metzochefet. Asoterachim. Gamilda Berbo. Divrei <laughs> Natan Kidoshim Ophen Betet Lechem Mishnebashishi Shishi Kacha Bechoshishi Yachbil Mezoni Oti Leomeyad Beino Veni Oti Leomeyad Beino Veni Rasham Bedat HaKel Chogel Seganav Olaroch Lechem Panim Befanav Al-Kenri Tanot Bo Al-Kinevunav Asur Levad Miyom Kippur Avoni Oti Leomeyad Beino Veni Oti Leomeyad Beino Veni Uyom Mechubad Uyom Tanugim Lechem Yayim Tov Sarvedagimamidamlimbo, <laughs> Been a lot of places I've been all around the world Seen a lot of faces Never know where I was On the horizon Ooh, well I know, I know, I know, I know So I'll be rising Back home No, we won't forget Where we came from The city won't change us We beat to the same drum No, we won't forget where we came from The city won't change us We beat to the same drum Don't forget where you belong to commit to it. I'm going home. You say that it's hard. 
aren't standing still Don't you know that I spend all my nights Counting backwards the days till I'm home
Yeah, he is. 
J.M. in the A.M. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos, five minutes before 7 o'clock to our News from Israel coming up. Uh, that's the um, the Maccabees. They're always good for a great Erev Shabbos selection. L'chad Odi. Yom Shabbos undone by Cole Zimmer. The Y Studs had Lou Yehi. Kadesh from Shabbos Dick Otsros. Home, the YU Maccabees, by request, by email from one of our great listeners. Thank you. Uh, yes, we did end up playing home at some point yesterday. I think it was during the live lunch, but it should have been in the early part of the playlist for yesterday for uh, Israel 70. Beat Dachon had Kari Bone and Kieshmer. Friday morning, 20th day in the counting of the Omer. It's Erev Shabbos, Parshas, Tazria, and Mitzorah. Candle lighting 7.20 here in the New York area. 7.20, your candle lighting time. On this 5th of ER, it was Erev Shabbos 70 years ago. That's right. It was Erev Shabbos 70 years ago. And here we are 70 years later. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Really unbelievable. 
Um, 36 degrees, partly cloudy, a high 54. Rabbi Yudin coming up about 8.15. Malcolm Holine is back. Spoke to him early this morning. He'll join us at 7.40 Eastern Time. 7.40 Eastern Time for the weekly update. He's back from Israel. Make sure to be tuned in, and uh, we'll have that update for you coming up. 7.40 Eastern Time right here at JM in the AM. Oh, I want to head to the app for a second because I noticed earlier that there were people making comments. First of all, in reference to yesterday's show, thank you, Eric. Says here, here, you did a great job, Sir Nachum. Great, great show. Thank you. A lot of people enjoyed yesterday's show. Bakery Guy says, good morning. Just wanted to say I thought you did an amazing job yesterday. I actually felt like I was in Israel. Congratulations on an excellent job. Thank you, Bakery Guy, who I assume is very busy if it's Friday. Must be very busy. Uh, listener Devora, hi Nachum. Thanks for the fantastic Yamatsumut program yesterday. Had it on the whole day. Wanted to notify your audience that Robertson Sipora Heller is speaking at Aguda Shalom on 18th Avenue in Flatbush between Coney Island Avenue and East 9th Street this coming Sunday. Registration begins at 10.30. Three separate speeches between 11 a.m. and 2 p.m. Topics include a woman's role in Parnassa, tips for dating and marriage, and finally one shear on Lagba Omer. Lighting a bonfire in my soul. For information, you want to speak with Yehudis at 718-637-6001. 718-637-6001. And listen to the Baruch Shabbat Shalom from Israel. Uh, anybody who wants that information, it's on our app right now. Just go to the app. Go to the comments section. You'll see it. It'll be up there until the end of uh, JM and the AM a couple of hours from now. We'll wrap up this hour. More coming up, including our news from Israel at JM and the AM. Do up, do America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio. Around the world on the web at NachumSingle.com, on the NachumSingle Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. There you have it. Erev Shabbos, Parshas, Tazria, and Mitzorah are candlelighting at 720 in the New York area. Galate Tzal in the background. Star shining bright above.
Galit Sal in the background with our news from Israel coming up. Then move into the second hour of JM and the AM. Malcolm Holmline is uh, is scheduled for the second hour of our broadcast, 7.40 Eastern Time. So make sure to be tuned in here at JM and the AM. There we go. Khalid Sal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for a Friday. Erev Shabbos is next. Boker Tov from JM and the AM. צהל השעה השתיים, כאן גוני כהן עם מה שקורה עכשיו. איראן מחריפה את הטון כלפי ישראל. האצבע על ההדק והטילים מוכנים לשיגור, כך מפקד משמרות המהפכה בטהרן. כתבנו נתנאל דרשן. סגן מפקד משמרות המהפכה של איראן, חוסיין סלאמי, הזהיר היום כי בסיסי חיל האוויר של צה"ל נמצאים בטווח הפגיעה של צבא איראן. עוד הוסיף הבכיר האיראני כי אל לאזרחי ישראל לבטוח בארצות הברית ובריטניה, משום כאשר הן תגענה לסייע, ישראל כבר תחדל ולא יהיה לאזרחיה לאן לברוח מלבד הים. מאות פלסטינים מתאספים בשעה זו מחוץ לגדר המערכת במסגרת אירועי צעדת השיבה. הפלסטינים מדווחים על הרוג מירי צה"ל עם הפרטים, כתבנו הצבאי צחי דבוש. הפלסטינים נערכים לחדש בזמן הקרוב את צעדת חמאס. לעת עתה מספרם כאן בגבול הוא נמוך יחסית לשבועות האחרונים ועומד על כמה מאות בלבד. הצפי הוא שאחרי תפילות יום השישי בעוד זמן קצר יחלו המהומות. בינתיים משרד הבריאות בעזה מדווח על הרוג פלסטיני אחד ועוד שלושה פצועים מאש של צה"ל, שניים מהם במצב קשה. לקראת פסגת מנהיגי המדינות בשבוע הבא, קוריאה הדרומית והצפונית חיברו בהצלחה קו טלפון ישיר בין לשכות הנשיאים, כתבתנו עמית חדד. איכות הקו הייתה טובה והחיבור היה יציב. כך תיאר בכיר בקוריאה הדרומית את ניסוי שיחת הטלפון שארכה ארבע דקות ו-19 שניות. רודן קוריאה הצפונית קים ז'ונג און ונשיא השכנה מדרום מון ג'אין צפויים לערוך שיחת טלפון ביניהם במהלך הימים הקרובים, בטרם ייפגשו פנים אל פנים בפסגה היסטורית השר נפתלי בנט הנחה את מערכת החינוך ללמד את נאום האחדות של כלת פרס ישראל מרים פרץ, כתבתנו מיכל צ'ין. במהלך השבוע הבא ילמדו תלמידי מערכת החינוך את הנאום שנשא אמש מרים פרץ בשם חתני וכלות פרס ישראל. צוותי המקצוע במשרד החינוך יגבשו מערכי שיעור על בסיס הנאום, אותם יעבירו בכיתות הלימוד ברחבי הארץ. אשת החינוך מרים פרץ, ששכלה שניים מבניה במלחמות ישראל, זכתה בפרס ישראל למפעל חיים בתחום חברה וקהילה. סוף עידן בכדורגל האנגלי, מאמן ארסנל ארסן ונגר הודיע היום כי יסיים את תפקידו בסוף העונה אחרי 22 שנים. כתבנו אופיר יונתן. המאמן הצרפתי שהדריך את הקבוצה במשך למעלה משני עשורים פרסם הודעה באתר המועדון בה כתב, אחרי שיקולי דעת רבים וזהירים בשיתוף המועדון החלטתי לעזוב בסיום העונה. ונגר חתם את המכתב במשפט אהבתי לארסנל עם נצחית. במהלך 22 השנים זכה הצרפתי בין ה-68 עם הקבוצה בשלוש אליפויות ובשבעה גביעים מקומיים. מזג האוויר התקררות מחר צפוי גשם מקומי וקיים חשש קל לשיטפונות בנחלי הדרום והמזרח. ולסיום חגיגות ה-70 נמשכות. לרגל יום העצמאות הממשלה התכנסה היום, יום שישי ה' באייר, באופן סמלי בבית הכרזת העצמאות בתל אביב. השרים וראש הממשלה החליטו על שיפוץ הבית והצגת מגילת העצמאות לציבור. כתבנו מיכאל האוזר טוב. בסכום של כ-70 מיליוני שקלים, בקרוב יצא לדרך שיפוץ הבית הוותיק ברחוב רוטשילד בתל אביב, בו... הוכרזה המדינה. הכסף הגיע בחלקו ממימון פרטי ובחלקו מהממשלה, ובמסגרת פעולות השיפוץ והשימור גם מגילת העצמאות המקורית, מסמך רגיש מאוד שעבר הליכי שימור ושיקום מחמירים. 
יוצג בעוד כשלוש שנים לציבור הרחב במקום ההיסטורי. אלה החדשות בצוות איטיאל דינר ומאיה יוניסיאן.
But are you certain you're singing the right lyrics? Oh, 
J.M. the M. Friday morning. Lots of Maccabees in our uh, Sphere format, that's for sure. You heard them with Lachado D. Uh, before that, you heard A.K.A. Pella. They had Pia Pascha and Menucha Vesimcha. Ari Goldwagon there with Am Yisrael Chai. A.K.A. Pella with Hema. 613 opened the set with uh, Shifchi here at uh, J.M. in the A.M. Friday morning on this April 20th, day five in the month of E.R. It was 70 years ago today, Erev Shabbat, Declaration of Independence of the State of Israel. 
We'll say Chag Sameach again, even though yesterday, of course, was our 70th anniversary observance and our big celebration and our big seven-hour special uh, happened yesterday because the uh, the people in charge in Israel want to make sure these celebrations don't go into Shabbat. Shabbat more important than Yom Ha'atzmut. I wish people would recognize what uh, what people who do and some who really don't care as much about Shabbat, how they act when it comes to uh, public observances. Anyway, 20th day in the counting of the Omer. Today is 20, two weeks and six days. We forgot to count last night. Make sure to do so sometime today. It's Erev Shabbos, Parshas, Tazriah, and Mitzorah outside of Israel. Outside of Israel, it's the week of Tazriah, Mitzorah. Candle lighting 720 here in New York, and we'll start saying Bahab on Monday. Malcolm Holmline is going to join us. He is uh, Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations, just returned from Israel, literally this morning. We'll get his perspective on Israel 70 and a whole bunch of other stuff. So that'll be coming up here at uh, at JM in the AM. We call it the weekly update, and we will have it for you coming up. Uh, meanwhile, it's back to our uh, acapella. It's back to our... Sphere of format as we continue here at JM in the AM. Oh, 
Off of the uh, Sphera album. Yeah, that's what it's called. It's called the Sphera album. Before that, the Maccabees had Lachado D. You heard AKA Pelo with Pia Pascha. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos on this 20th day in the counting of the Omer. If you've got the count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. Two weeks and uh, six days. It's Erev Shabbos, Parshas, Tazria, and Mitzorah outside of Israel. That's right. We read both Tazria and Mitzorah outside of uh, Israel. Israel is on a different Parsha schedule, as we've discussed. Candle lighting in New York, 7.20. 7.20, your official candle lighting time. Big thank you to our friends at jewishworldreview.com. Check them out and enjoy all their uh, all the incredible things they have to offer. Thousands of articles you can print out before Shabbos and learn a lot about this world over Shabbat. And a big thank you, of course, to OnlySimplas.com, who continue to utilize a lot of our content for their amazing news feed. That is not just the Simcha news, not just the engagements, weddings, and uh, and bar mitzvahs, and uh, and brisin, but uh, other amazing news from around the Jewish world as well. Check it out every day. The uh, news feed at onlysimchas.com. You'll be glad you did. Fresh back from Israel, one of the lucky people that was there during Israel 70. Today being the fifth of ER and a an Erev Shabbos. Uh, not only can we speak with Mr. Honline about what it was like being in Israel for Israel 70, but we can get his thoughts about today, which just like 70 years ago today, was the 5th of ER on an Arab Shabbos. Malcolm Honline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations, joins us for the weekly update here at JM in the AM. Mr. Honline, Chag Sameach, and welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you. Excellent to you. I could spend the next half hour, and I might just do that, asking you about Israel 70 and what it was like. Uh, give me your impressions as uh, as you sum it up for us. What was it like to be there and experience what was going on in Israel 70 years later? Well, <clears throat> I wasn't there 70 years ago when they had the initial <laughs> celebration, but I can uh, say that the unity that both Yom Azikaron, the memorial day for the 23,000-plus who died to make Israel possible, who, who sacrificed their lives in defense of Israel, were victims of terror. But then, and this changeover to the, to the joy of, of uh, Yom Azimut, which this year took on special significance because of the 70th. But to me, the most memorable moments is when the siren goes off and everybody stops. I mean, literally, people stop in the middle of highways to get out of the cars. Everybody stands at attention, bus drivers, cab drivers, the people in the cabs, and certainly uh, civilians on the street. And it's a moment of national unity, a reminding of the common challenges and that these are everybody's children, because everybody in Israel knows somebody, has a relative, 
a, a friend who um, paid the ultimate price. And the uh, celebrations that took place were quite beautiful. I went to one that was especially meaningful at the president's house where they honored 120 soldiers with medals of distinction, presidential medals of distinction. Mm. And the front row were a number of people with special disabilities of all kinds, both physical and other. And to see their faces beam and how the audience gave them a special reaction and the prime minister shook hands and the others, the people, the president, of course, paying attention to them. But you see the, the faces of those 120. It was such, it covered the spectrum, both in color, origin, everything. Um, many of them were women, many uh, Ethiopians, many people, obviously, from Russian background by the names, and many from people. And to see them all together and on that stage as the prime minister, defense minister, president, chief of staff, uh, saluted them and awarded them, and the the uh, and most of all, the attention paid to the families, to the parents of these young people. Mm. It's it was so remarkable, and I had some people with me, and non-Jews. Uh, John Bancher was there, Monica Fra- uh, Crowley from Fox News, and others, and they were really overwhelmed by the experience, and they picked up on that about how the families were reached out to, and how they were honored as well as as the kids, mm. the young people. Uh, well, you, you said that uh, everyone stood at attention on Israel Memorial Day. Unfortunately, that's not 100% true. We have the videos to prove it where not everybody, right. unfortunately. Uh, and, and how it is that there are uh, certain institutions that will fly Israeli flags who no doubt are hesitant to do so, but whose leaders are not ready to uh, stand up and say that everybody, in fact, should be praying and should be acknowledging the losses, especially since it includes not only soldiers, but as we always say, the victims of terror as well. But I guess that's not for today. Today is a day of celebration. Today is a day of 70 years later. It was an Arab Shabbos back 70 years ago when the state was declared, when the Jewish world was sitting with bated breath, literally. And those who know history, we discussed this yesterday I, I, in one of our conversations, I think it was with Michael Oren, they, the, the, there was, uh, and Ben Gurion had tremendous opposition. I mean, this day, 70 years ago, there was still plenty of rhetoric, plenty of arguments, plenty of, 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 uh, uh, of suggestions by really responsible people who would be part of the future Israeli government not to declare a state. He really made a move that was, I wouldn't say unilateral, but in many ways was unpopular. For some, to some people, it was unpopular, and that's what leadership requires: is that sometimes you have to make a decision, taking into account all the factors. Israel faces many critical decisions now. You know, regarding Iran, you see the events on on the Gaza Strip today. Even again, um, some people were killed, or at least one was killed, <clears throat> and uh, how the people were reacting to it. And Natalie Portman pulled out of getting an award in Israel because of these recent events uh but the you know the challenges remain it's not again people focus these days on the celebration although the political infighting in israel never stops that's 
something that wouldn't even be feasible. Um, I don't even think HaGadosh Baruch Hu has the ability to stop that. Um, well, yeah, I hear what you're saying. I mean, I, look, I felt the need to point out that you, that there's not 100% cooperation when it comes to both the morning and I, the celebration. I discussed but, it, but, if but you remember, before. 100%, but, but I don't. But I, but I upsets me uh, very course. much. Uh, and you saw, you know, that there was a video that went, went viral of a yeshiva, I think, in remote Shemesh or someplace. It was in Beitar. It was a yeshiva in Beitar, yeah. Did you see that? Where yeah, it's, it's the, the yesh- Rebbe or the principal. It, it's the yeshiva in Beitar analyze having the students analyze a picture of a of a of a young boy mm-hmm. hugging the grave of his father, and right. yeah, uh, that's great. And uh, and, and I'm not, and I don't I really don't want to focus on on the minority. The reality is, even from here, even from here, we had a lot of conversations, a lot of people yesterday, seven hour program in honor of the seventieth. And it's it's obvious even from here that there was a tremendous amount of unity, a tremendous amount of good spirit. I mean, I spoke to people yesterday after our show um, who are Orthodox, or those who are not, many who are non-Orthodox, just to get their impressions of what went on yesterday. And there was a tremendous spirit among Jews around the world because of this great celebration because of Israel 70. And I'm not, I don't want to minimize that at all. Today's a very important day and a very important day for unity and a very important day for celebration. And that's one of the reasons that I asked you just to describe what it was like over there. Because And, and by the way, the, the air shows and the singing and dancing and the, the mobs in all the parks, the barbecuing. And, and did you see the drone show? Did you see that video of the drone show? I, I don't know who is genius enough to come up with this, but a series of of drones flying in the air that, that together uh, depict different scenes of Israel. I don't know if you saw, but it's absolutely remarkable. Uh, I saw it when it was done on Yom Yerushalayim, and I was sitting near the Prime Minister, and he was a little upset about it because, you know, if they can do that with these little drones, and they were forming a mug and dove, and right. transferred into the Lion of Jerusalem, right. and transferred into other things, right. which is what I'm sure you saw. Sure. Uh, but he's saying, you know, that, that, can, that technology can be used in very negative ways, too. But the the beauty of what, and the creativity of of some of these uh, events, and seeing you know in the, the parks in Yerushalayim, I mean you could not get near a lot of them because <laughs> of the crowds and the, every street lined with the cars parked and families coming together, uh, extended families. Uh, I can't tell you how many people invited us uh, to come to barbecues. <laughs> who, who, um, <laughs> You know, they hardly know you, and they it's just really a spirit that is amazing. My kind of crowd <laughs> invite everybody to come eat. In 1948, and again, be patient with me. This is the week where I get to do this. In 1948, 6% of the global Jewish population was in the new state of Israel. Today, it's 46%. How amazing is that? Mayor Weingarten pointed out yesterday, you know, it's one thing. To, to spread Jews throughout the world and, and go through that experience of 2,000 years ago. It's a much greater miracle, the Kabbatzenu Yacha, that they come together from the four corners of the earth to get to one place, and now 46% of world juries in Israel. And the projection is that by 2048, the 100th anniversary, Israel will have reached 15 million people. Unbelievable. And right now they're at Who six, would have thought? They're at six and a half million Jews, and they're at eight point eight million people. Uh, and the 70. birth rate amongst the Jews is going up. It's the highest amongst the developed developed states in the world, and and increasing by, by every count. Men would live an average of sixty four and a half years in nineteen forty eight Israel. Today it's over eighty years old. Wow. Um, there are two. 
institutions of higher education in Israel in 1948. Today's 62. And the GDP, you ready for this one? The GDP, the gross domestic product statistic in 1948, just under 26 billion shekel. Today, you ready for this? 1.2 trillion shekel. And we've been emphasizing, of course, like everybody else is, what Israel means to the world of technology. By the way, someone mentioned to me on Wednesday night at the Yomatz Mood program that, in fact, the government of South Africa and the local government of Cape Town begged and then allowed Israel to come in to help solve the water problem. Did that, in fact, take place? Did they finally cave in? Well, I don't know if they're, how official it is, but yes, they, they did allow. And <laughs> now, But I don't know in the end whether they, they uh, will go through it or whether it was rejected. It's still not clear. Unbelievable, I'll tell you. And as you Even s- if it means sacrificing the interests of their people, you know, as long as they, they don't have to show that they're doing business with Israel, it's, uh, it's so remarkable what people are willing to sacrifice. Look at the Palestinians. What Abbas yep. sacrificed on the part of the Palestinian people and you know, I had friends and others who went down to Gaza. There were many trips. The friends of the IDF had a trip there. We had the Council for Secure America, which is the oil and gas people. They came back so excited, so overwhelmed, and tell, saying how different it is than they perceived. They took a helicopter up north, and they said, that's all. You see the wet of the country. You see the, you know, what, what is going on. Number one, the development. And they say, you know, the national bird of Israel today is the crane. Right. Because <laughs> construction is so widespread. It's incredible. I mean, in every city, big and small, you stand on the rooftop on Yerushalayim and you look over and, and you see cranes everywhere. But Netta Lee Hirschlag, whose great-grandfather was murdered in, in the concentration camps and who was born in Yerushalayim and who went to day school, who went to day school on Long Island, what are we doing wrong, and changed her name to Natalie Portman. She's not happy with all of this. Where we've gone wrong, I don't know. But I did remind this audience very often yesterday Remember, Mr. Honline, only 16% of the Maraglim came out with a positive word. 84% of them were comfortable saying bad things about Israel. So why would we expect differently these so, days? And I told you what I, I told many non-Jewish audiences. Who can name the ones that came back with a negative report? Right. And there's dead silence. And you <laughs> say, who came back with a positive report? And everyone will be standing on the streets yelling, Joshua and Caleb, Joshua and Caleb, said that's the lesson of history. Those who stand with Israel are remembered forever. Those who speak against Israel are written off to history. Yep, 100%. And, and we see it so often now. Look, you know, it says, Ben Israel, that only a fifth of the Jews, right. according to some interpretations, left Egypt because 80% had assimilated or turned to the other side. And what is happening in America? We see the vast assimilation, the acculturation, and, and the, the loss every day of hundreds of Jews to our people. And it's, it's a tragedy and a travesty that we have to, to work in every way to, to counter. By the way, I might even argue, and this might be a stretch, that even among those who are non-Jews who are supporters of Israel, they too are remembered in a certain fond fashion years later. Of course, absolutely. And I saw it now with these people from the Council of Secure America, the others who came, there were 40-some U.N. ambassadors. And I spoke to them at the airport and asked them about the impression, and they said it is so different. Some of them got up and made speeches there about you know, how they feel they were misled about Israel and you know, what the true Israel is like. Uh, I see it in the, in the football players we, we take through America's Voices in Israel program, and 
I just wish we could do so much more to counter the quote Hollywood, you know, uh, um, experts who who uh, boycott and engage in BDS or BDS light. Uh, that that all of the people come there, all they have, to, and I tell them, there's only one thing you have to see, and that's the truth. That's Israel's strongest weapon. And all of them come back, and especially this group of, from the from Oklahoma, North Dakota, Texas, um, these oil men and gays and and related. How how they got it, and how excited they were, and how they talked about the follow up, and talking about themselves about making another trip in six months. And the same thing true of of virtually every group when they're given a chance to see the real Israel and to learn about the facts. And you know what the problem is? That even in our community, even amongst your listeners, people think they know, but our, but certainly their kids and their grandchildren don't know. Yeah. I'm going to Shabbos to be in Great Neck for those who are in the neighborhood and want to come to Great Neck Synagogue uh, on Shabbos Day several times speaking. And, you know, I find that even in the most committed communities, in the most... Uh, devoted Zionist to communities. Still, when they when they when you look at the children, you find out that they're vulnerable because they haven't really been educated on how to answer and to to give the facts. I heard someone say yesterday that they that we as parents and grandparents simply cannot stop cannot stop telling them about it. It has to be drummed into them, and it's and, so true. And by the way, you know, as you know, it was last week on the March of the Living and. It's true about that, too, and while I don't believe you're obsessed with the Holocaust, and that that's not the message of what Judaism is to our young people, we have to show them the positives, but they have to understand the history, behold Darvadar, to understand, to be aware, to be able to recognize it. When you see the ugly faces of anti-Semitism rising in our own country, you are reminded about how important it is that we educate our kids and how they do it, I think it's something we can discuss, and that special cur- curricula can be developed, and there are uh, ample sources available. But the the fact is that they don't know. Is when they ask students, not not Jewish, but overall students, more than half didn't know what Auschwitz was, had no idea what happened there. I think there's a real vacuum. Somebody this week was uh, was a presenter. I'm trying to be very careful how I say this. Was a presenter at a major event that had nothing to do with Israel, but was that happened to take place, you know, on the days of uh, Yom Hazikaron Yom Atzmud. So I made a suggestion that you know, with that number of people in our community gathered, even though many of them, you know, generally would not be aware of these days, it would be an amazing opportunity to mention the twenty plus thousand soldiers, the, the the significance of seventy years, even if it's a passing comment, just to because because the majority of the people there will not experience any of this. And the message I got back was, "I enjoy your sense of humor." Huh? Yeah, that's exactly what I got back. I could show you the text. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio around the world on the web at NachumSegal.com, on the NachumSegal Network, and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Malcolm Holmline is executive vice chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. By the way, I mean, obviously this has happened many times before in many different forms, but Shmuel Sackett uh, tells the famous story that when he was in, in the United States one time, he lives in Israel, he was in the United States during the Celebrate Israel Parade, and he was in a modern Orthodox community, relatively modern Orthodox community, and he asked everybody over Shabbos, you know, how, how are you getting to the parade tomorrow? What are you doing? What do people do? And they laughed at him. They laughed at him like, parade? We would go to the parades and that? And, I've, and of course, I, I, you know, I understand the, the level of importance of a parade in the big picture, but you've stressed so many times that just that gesture 
by thousands would be you know very significant and looked at significantly. But the re- and, but the and the message it sends and the message of the absence of people right. sends a message but, as well. But even if, if but even if people, people had alternative things that they were right. doing to celebrate Israel, Correct. maybe you could justify it. And even that. and even if people are not going, it's one thing. But to laugh about it as if you know we would go to the parade? What are you kidding well, me? So anyway, denigrated. Well, you you are thank thank God your plane landed on time. You're an amazing sounding board, Baruch Hashem. All my frustrations I get to take out this morning is fantastic. And speaking of frustration, it seems that Barnard students are frustrated. They voted to divest from Israel. It seems that over fifty NYU student groups are talking about a boycott of Israel. You know, as much progress as we make, it seems the college campuses drag us back down each and every time. Well, it's not just on the college campuses, but they are the battleground, and we've talked about this for how long, and about the obligation of parents to to, to work with their students, encourage their students to speak out, the students themselves to be speak out, and for us to provide them with uh, the back the the backing, whether it means uh, legal cases to provide their right to speak and to protect them and get and to mobilize the alumni and and pro Israel faculty which is rare to find, and to go after the administrations. And I find that the lawsuits that the Lawfare Project and others are bringing really do have an impact. The universities do not want to be sued. And so we have to use every tool at our means to make sure. We can't write it off and just say, ah, it's youthful exuberance. It's, you know, they change when they get older. This is the next generation of leadership, and they are being poisoned. All right. All right, everybody wants to hear about the strike on Syria. Give me one more regarding Israel 70. It always seems to me, as I've followed the news a lot over the last few decades, it always seems to me that Rosh Hashanah and Hanukkah are the times that the Israeli news uh, gets press releases about new archaeological finds in Israel. With Israel 70, did anyone say a word? Did you get any word about anything new, about any new development in the area of archaeology? Actually, I did. I'm sorry. And there are, I mean, there are many new discoveries. Um, and John and Monica went to the city of David, and they were so blown away, having been there, not been there for a couple of years, seeing the progress and how much new has been discovered, that you can walk all the way on the, the road on which people were Ola Rego, where the pilgrims walked. 2,000 years ago to the temple, and you come up on the on the uh, foundation rocks of the of the wall of the western wall yeah. of the Kotel, and that there's a new discovery now because it always people had said, well, there's no evidence of a Davidic or uh, um, dynasty or King Solomon and a powerful uh, Judah. Now they found excavations, a new excavation, which uh, indicates that there may well have been and and the in one case in this information, I don't know if it's out public about how they allied with a power powerful Judea kingdom. So more and more stuff comes out, and as always, it's always substantiating Tanakh. Unbelievable. All right. um, Oh, and one last thing. I'm sorry. I don't know if you saw this item, but they ran out of Israeli flags. They couldn't stock enough Israeli flags for this celebration. That says it all. Thank God people were ready. And you see them on cars. You see them on rooftops. You see them... uh, at street corners because people are selling them, they're hawking them everywhere. But the uh, but you're right, it is it is everywhere, and people proudly uh, fly it. And I have to say that when I looked up in the sky and you see the fluttering mug and David, and and you think about, especially coming after Auschwitz, you think about what what things were like 
71 years ago, yeah. and you see what it is today, and you see the influx of Jews from all over who would have had no place to go. You see the the progress that Israel has made. I mean, it's just a source of, everybody should have such pride, and, and we have so much thanks to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, to God, because all of this is such a miracle. And as Michael Oren said yesterday, his grandparents would never have believed this. And, and, and when people say that, they mean it. They literally would never have believed that this could be possible, and that if you would have asked them what will Jewish life be, you know, 100 years from now, back in 1918, <laughs> they, they would never have guessed that this is what it would be like. It's just unbelievable. And, and, and such an opportunity for national messages. Such an opportunity. Rabbis of all backgrounds, of all types of congregations, and Jewish leaders who are spending this weekend in whatever forum, such an opportunity for real national messages this coming Shabbat, this coming weekend. I'm sure, Malcolm, tonight that's going to be the focus of, of, of your talk. Here's an opportunity tomorrow, to, uh, tomorrow mm-hmm. rather. Sorry, but didn't, didn't mean for you to work even harder. I'm sorry, <laughs> but but I mean th- this is the opportunity. Stop with the minutia. Stop with the minutia, everybody. Use this opportunity for a strong national message. Speak to us, all Jewish leaders out there, about where we are going as a nation at, in this period of time. Okay. Um, so the strike on Syria, missile strikes versus Syrian chemical plants the president declares mission accomplished would you agree maybe in a narrow sense but the fact is that is that Syria's chemical weapons capacity remains largely intact that the um, you know that they suffered a humiliating uh, assault in the, and that the missiles obviously did a lot of damage but it did not wipe out their chemical weapons capacity and we see that the Syrian army is continuing its assaults in larger and larger areas, capturing uh, more and more territory. And the increasing presence of Iran and the growth of the technology that Hezbollah as well as Hamas have, and you know that they were they were uh, demonstrating some of that uh, with the new IEDs that they plant along the roads, these explosive devices and uh, unmanned uh, drones. Uh, they even have kites that they fly, which carry Molotov cocktails. Uh, I mean, that's low-tech, but creative. Yeah. And, um, and of course, the drone that flew, flew into Israel. So I, I, the mission, the specific goal may have been achieved for that uh, strike. But the fact is that unless America stays there and stays in Syria, and I know it's not always popular, but it is critical, America cannot pull out of Syria. We are going to turn it over to the Iranians in the long term and in cohorts with the Russians. You see the negotiations that are going on only include Russia, Turkey, and, and, and um, Iran. That The U.S. Is not, uh, is not even in the talks. U.S. still can play a critical role, and I think President Trump and the new team with Bolton and Pompeo, I think we can hopefully we'll see a, a, an assertive, consistent policy that will that will in fact address these issues and and ultimately we can say mission accomplished when you see a stable Syria when Assad is out, when the people of Syria can elect a, a government and you don't have Iran continuing expansive uh, policies and it's not just in Syria, it's everywhere in the region. and Turkey also uh, uh, increasingly, um, increasing its footprint, and Russia, too, with the base in, in Sudan. 
as well as their bases in Syria, uh, naval and air force bases there. Comparable to Ehud Barak's administration leaving Lebanon and uh, and essentially just, you know, leaving... And, and pulling out of Iraq, a U.S. Uh, out of Iraq. Right. I understand we don't want American boys uh, to be killed, but I do think that, that there has to be a, a balance where we can be supportive. I think we should be supporting the Kurds. I think we have to support others who will have be a balance in, in, in Turkey and to delimit the capacity of, of Iran with 80,000 people in their Shiite militias and maybe more to, to dictate the ultimate uh, outcome of this conflict. Uh, Russia introduced the Security Council resolution against these missile strikes? Oh, yeah. And, and I, I don't know if you know offhand, what was, but, the, what was the vote? Was it? Uh, uh, I think only. I think three. There were three votes. Uh, well, they ex- exercised a veto. I think three votes against it. And um, but but also, you know, that they are they they are now talking about putting the S three hundred air defense system, which is more advanced, into Syria, and saying now, with in view of the attack, there's no reason why they shouldn't do it. That they held off till now, uh, but uh, they're talking now, and so they're saber rattling and doing a lot. And for a guy who has put very little into Syria, he's, he's uh, able to maneuver it into a very strategic position. Did he call Prime Minister Netanyahu to wish him a happy 70th? Uh, I don't know. I think both of them are pretty busy. I think I read I mean, somewhere that, that Russia released a statement in honor of the day, I think. I'm not sure. I think yeah, I maybe. Yeah. Maybe. And uh, there's a debate going on whether the Romanians actually were talked about moving the embassy. The president has come out against it, the president of Romania, and the prime minister supported it. So I don't know where that outcome of that is going to be. And, of course, the decision to move to for the American embassy is coming up soon. Wait a it, second. So, so Guatemala's in, right? They're, they're definite, correct? The Guatemala. Guatemala is in, but there's a court challenge that they have to resolve. And now Romania is a question mark. Are there others that are definitely in at this point? Is Honduras in? Uh, Honduras I don't know. Is, they're in? Um, uh, is talking about coming in June. Now, the Prime something. Minister has declared that if you're within the first 10 to do it, then you're going to get some big benefits. There's a, there seems to be some type of door prize if you're one of the first <laughs> 10 nations to put, the, to put the embassy in Jerusalem. You saw that? <laughs> I, I did not, but but I did. They did say that the first 10 would, would be the ones who would be acknowledged and whose actions would you know earn them credits for, for yeah. you know once the, the the ship leaves the dock it's it's harder to right. credit people yeah i think he said special accommodations or special right. something They're looking at places and things that they could right. give them. by the way you saw the picture of the sign the u.s embassy sign that um you know that they're gonna be putting on the road you know showing everybody where to go they, it was already online the uh, the the sign manufacturer had posted it um, you know, well, it, it says you, you know, Greer, uh, uh, USA embassy with a, with an arrow going in the correct direction. At least I hope it's the correct direction. Uh, so that we're getting closer and closer. The president, we are told, and we are told that it was reported almost immediately. He will not be there on the 14th of May, but now supposedly there's a report that, um, that Ivanka might be in Israel for it. Have you heard that? I've heard that high-level representation may come. I don't know who it will be. All right. Uh, let's and it's no point speculating at this point. It's coming yeah. soon. Yeah. I, I do think that they're scaling it down somewhat. That's the report I heard in Israel, but I don't know to what degree that is true. Well, that might be in response to finding out that the president ain't going to be there. That they Right, you know. and the vice president. 
Right, and the vice president. Uh, all right, it's still let, let, a courageous move, and it oh, yeah. still deserves recognition. All right, let's talk about the sanctions. Um, Nikki Haley had one perspective on sanctions against Russia. I mean, I think I think everyone in Washington, everyone in Washington, I think the White House would even agree with her that Russian companies that, in fact, support Syrian chemical weapons in whatever way should, in fact, have sanctions against them. Would, would you agree with that, at least, that the White House would, would agree to, to those, at minimum, to those type of sanctions? I think a lot will depend on the circumstances and the final outcome of the discussions. Obviously, the Iranians are threatening all sorts of vile consequences if Israel goes ahead with if the U.S. goes ahead with it, and blaming U.S.-Israel consortium with with Riyadh, by the way, uh, as being responsible for everything bad that's happening. Yeah. But I think the the um, we really got to toss Riyadh into every equation now in terms and, of <laughs> yes. So but, uh, but I think that the banking sanctions, things like that, can be very helpful and really have an impact on um, on Iran and that uh, they can you know they can spew forth all that they want but if uh, if if the if the United States decides to move no business is going to give up the chance of doing business with the United States for uh, business with uh, with Russia with uh, Iran did you think the Nikki Haley statement was as much of a gaffe as the media's reporting in terms of the sanctions that she was uh, that she mentioned Sunday, well, she said she doesn't get confused, so maybe there's more behind it. Meaning that that she that she essentially knows what the intention of of the White House is, but shouldn't have said it publicly, right? Or or they changed their minds, which they're entitled to do, or something else. I mean, any one of those things are possible. Mm, interesting. The February drone that uh, Israel uh, shot down was, in fact, armed. Right? Israel has confirmed that it was, in fact, yes. armed. So, so what was the intention? The intention was to bring understood. Understood. Is it possible that even though we understand that that drone was armed, that it's still possible that that drone's goal or the mission for that drone was simply to see how far it can get in, and it not necess- and it's possible and not necessarily true that it, in fact, would have attacked and would have. Uh, I mean, seek to cause damage? Is that possible? Or the fact that it's armed tells us that this was a terror attack? It was a terror attack by any definition, regardless. It's it's pretty conclusive that they would not have sent an armed uh, drone if they didn't intend to use it in some way. It wasn't merely to demonstrate that they could. The goal, first and foremost, was to show that Israel was vulnerable and, they, and look at the statements that followed, which... Uh, extolled that, that they proved that they could penetrate and they could, you know, the inviolate Israel has proven to be a myth. So all the the things that you cited could be true simultaneously without being contradictory. Right. Every day of its 70-year existence, not only has it grown and not only has everything that we continue to cite happened in Israel, but every single day they have to be on guard for some creative method of the enemy to infiltrate Israeli airspace and to get into Israel on the ground. It's like and thank God Israel is developing means to, to counter it. You know that Israel discovered already 19 tunnels under the border. Now, people have to understand, these are not burrows. These are really deep tunnels. The last one was 30 meters deep with huge infrastructure, communications. Um, uh, the structures themselves use tons and tons of, of, uh, of concrete that cost at least a million dollars to build, maybe more. And uh, Israel is now developing a fence that goes 100 feet down, 30, 15 feet up, and releases uh, material if it encounters a vacuum like a tunnel and fills it. 
And so the, that that also frustrates uh, some of the Gaza people. Why they uh, Hamas turns to some of the other means because you know they they're attacking above ground, they're attacking with rockets, they're attacking below ground in the tunnels, and now they're attacking across the ground with the attempts to break through the the fence. And people who say, well, what does it mean? You know, they pull down barbed wires. So, you know, people do that. No, this is an attempt to break through, and you don't have another line of defense after that. Where to, to thousands of people who live in Israeli communities along the border. Thank God the IDF is there. The IDF sees them. The IDF watches them. And then they burn tires, so you can hardly see, you know, for a good part of the space. And they and and they don't fire at innocent uh, people. They're firing at terrorists by and large. And they don't fire until somebody actually tries to either pull a gun, do something, um, you know, deadly, or tries to cross the border and penetrate Israel. You cannot allow. You can't allow one person in, let alone ten or twenty or fifty, because once you breach that then there's no end to it. We know how the world media reacts to this. Is Israeli media being, uh, being how should I put it, reasonable when it comes to activities on the Gaza border? I think overall, but of course, you know, they're highly critical, they're critical of Netanyahu anyway. Right. Um, yeah, so they become hypercritical of anything that, that looks wrong. You know, they, there was a mistake, a glitch, so there was a call-up of reserves that wasn't intended, and that, of course, becomes a big story um, <laughs> when... Things like that it just happened. Did they work yeah. out? Did they work out the whole Yomazikaron Yomatsmut ceremony? Did it go off without a hitch? Everything uh, work out with the uh, with more the... or less. Netanyahu <laughs> spoke longer than he was supposed to, <laughs> and there's still now there are recriminations afterwards, uh, blaming different people for ineptitude or mistakes that were made and stuff. Yeah, so the the national sport continues. Finally, are you uh, are you worried about the inevitable change of leadership in Libya that seems to be coming down the road? It's not just Libya. We have a lot of elections coming up that that uh, could be pretty significant in their outcome. Uh, Libya obviously is one of those that's important, but I don't think that the out that the election is going to determine anything for the longer future. Mm. Uh, Cuba, first non-Castro mm-hmm. leadership in quite a while, huh? Anything? But pretty tough guy, tough line on, on U.S. relationship. And I don't know that we should expect some great liberalization uh, coming. He's younger. He's, I think he's 56. So it represents a whole new a, a generational shift as well as, uh, you know, the, the first time for many of them that the leader of their country isn't, I think, for 60 or 70 percent of Cubans and doesn't have Castro in his name. Right. Amazing. All right, enjoy Great Neck. Enjoy the 70th. Today, again, the 5th of ER. It was an Erev Shabbat 70 years ago that the state was declared. Let's all celebrate that. And uh, and everybody in the community, please take it seriously. Please, I'm begging you, please take it seriously. Tell our children and grandchildren, uh, uh, no matter what background they're from, no matter what school they go to, tell our children and grandchildren that, in fact, we are living through miraculous times, and that is an accurate word. That is not an embellishment in any way. Malcolm Honline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. Malcolm, thank you so much. Have a wonderful Shabbos. We'll speak again next week. And welcome back from the Holy Land. There he is, Malcolm Honline. Friday morning broadcast, Erev Shabbos, 21 minutes after the hour. This time each and every Friday, every Erev Shabbos. With great pleasure, we present Rabbi Benjamin Yudin, spiritual leader of Congregation Shomri Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. In this case, the Torah portion of the week that we read outside of Israel. Good morning, Rabbi Yudin. Good morning, Nachum. Good Erev Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading the two parshios of Sazria and Mitzorah. 
according to the Chinuch, Pashas Tazria contains five positive mitzvos and two restrictions according and the Chino continues and the Mitzora Pashas Mitzora contains eleven positive mitzvos for a total of sixteen positives and two restrictions in terms of the number of mitzvos in these two parshios. Before I continue, I just wish to commend, applaud the efforts of the Chafetz Chaim Heritage Foundation for their extensive proliferation and reaching out to the Jewish community, literally worldwide, and raising the awareness of the beautiful concept of keeping your Shabbos table beautiful by keeping it Lashon Hara free. This is true all year long, but especially on Shabbos Mitzorah, which speaks about the effects of Lashon Hara. I'd like to focus this morning on the first and opening Rashi on the Parsha, whereby Rashi quotes Rav Simloi, who at first glance doesn't really seem to be teaching us something so significant. Says Rav Simloi, Kishem sheyitzi raso shal odam achar just as man was created last, as we find at the end of chapter 1 of Bereshis, kach, so too, Torosonis Parsha, his laws of that which governs him, is explained after the laws of of the animals, Therefore, as we find in last week's parsha of Shmini, the Torah taught Zos Toras Habehema. These are the laws of the animals, namely which ones are kosher, which ones are not. And afterwards, in this week's parsha, we have Ishaki Sazria, the laws of man. At first glance, what's going on here? What is Reb Simloi teaching? that we on our own couldn't know by just opening up the Chumash and seeing what appears first chronologically. The Be'er Yosef has what I consider an incredible understanding, beautiful, and he has the following question that he wishes to say that this is what Rav Simloi is addressing. He says, take note in that which Hashem has created. Regarding the animal kingdom, the way an animal is born, created, that is the way it stays its entire life. Shor binyomo korushor. An ox on the day that it is born, is a kosher animal, and it's going to remain so all the days of its life, never fluctuating to become a non-kosher animal. The chamor, the donkey, the horse, 
are created, born, a non-kosher animal. And so, too, that's the way they will remain all the days of their life. The only one that fluctuates and changes that today they are in a state of tahara, purity, and tomorrow they are in a state of impurity is man. How do you account for that? We have this kind of fluctuation. But in addition, not only does man change from one state to another, but the degree to which there is tumor, impurity, in the world is greater and more pronounced by man. Once again, why might this be so? And according to the Be'er Yosef, Reb Yosef Salant Zatzal, Reb Simloi is answering that question. How so? By noting that the Yitzira of man, the creation of man, followed that of the animal. But he means not simply in terms that the fish and the birds were created on the fifth day and the animals on the early part of the sixth day and man on the latter part of the sixth day. No. He reminds us as to how the Torah introduces the creation of man. In chapter 1, Pasuk 26, Hashem says, Na'ase Adam, let us make man. Now that is a very challenging phrase, the plural, let us. And therefore Rashi on the spot tells us that the Torah is teaching us Hashem's incredible character, humility that we are to emulate, that even though it could cause questions as to, after all, God is alone, one, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad, He's unique. Still, HaKadosh Baruch Hu doesn't hesitate to teach the lesson that the Gadol, the head of the corporation, should be Shoel Eitzah, should give kavod, and should actually listen to those who are beneath him, become Lambda Hiskalti, for many, many reasons. Comes along the Zohar, and the Zohar has an additional understanding of Naase Adam. This idea is also found in Nefesh HaChayim of Rab Chaim in Shar Aleph, Perik Vav, that Hashem was speaking to all of nature that preceded the creation of man. And Hashem said, Naase, let us make man, meaning that Hashem was going to take from all that was created prior to man, all of those characteristics, all of those strengths that each of the animals have, have a az kanesher, literally the ability to have that sense of not just 
self-confidence, but the ability to go out and attack problems. This comes from the characteristics of various animals. Havirotz Katsvi, literally, that man is to come on, not only be lethargic, and the opposite thereof, he is to learn from the deer how quickly he is to perform the mitzvos and obligations that he was charged. But in reality, we know that their man has the ability to run the mile in a few seconds, less than four minutes. What does that mean? Haviratz katsvi, in a very literal sense, as the deer is one of the quickest of animals, man too has this capacity. So, what the Torah is teaching us is that there is within man a little bit of this and a little bit of that. God took a composite of all of that which preceded man and put it into man. And when Adam sinned and he ate from the Eitz Hadas, Tovarah, once again imbibed within man now was both positive and negative. And therefore, when we ask the question, why is it that man and man alone has this character of today he is pure, tomorrow impure, the state of flux, it's because of the uniqueness of man who was created after the animals, not focusing on the chronological, historical, but focusing on that man has within him all these different characteristics. So the Rashi is pointing out, according to the Bar Yosef, the uniqueness of man. Let's go further. We find in this week's two parshios the uniqueness of Eretz Yisrael, that the Torah shows through the concept of Tzoraas, literally, what we call, for lack of a better term, leprosy, but a disease that is on man's skin, man's garments, man's houses. How do we explain this? So the Ramban tells us, I'll tell you exactly how we can explain this. This is something which is metaphysical. It's something which is only in Eretz Yisrael. And it demonstrates HaKadosh Baruch Hu's love, special, personal relationship with the Jewish people in the land of Israel, that when and if they should go off the right path that they were placed upon, immediately from on high, they are given a reminder, "Uh uh-oh, no, this is not the way you are to live your life. And it's only in Eretz Yisrael that these laws of the especially Tumas Begodim and Soraz Habayis 
apply. I believe that what we see today in Eretz Yisrael, if you open the Gemara Sanhedrin 98a, comes along Rav Abba, and the discussion in the Gemara is, tell us a sign of surety that the Geula is on its way, the redemption is coming, says Rabbi Abba, Megula There's no clearer indication. Shinemar, and he quotes from the Yecheskel, the book of Ezekiel, chapter 36, Pasuk 8. Ve'atem Yisrael, and you, the prophet is speaking, to the mountains of Israel. Anpechem titenu, you shall shoot forth your branches, upiriachem tisu, and bear your fruit. Laami Yisrael, to my people Israel, ki kervu lavo, because they are forthcoming and getting closer, coming home. The Navi is telling us if you want to know the sign of the redemption being on hand, look and see. The Torah tells us. In Parshas Bechukosai, in the first of the two Tochachos, that despite the fact that you're going to be exiled from your land, in chapter 26, Pasuk 32, bring the Chumash to the table. Vahashimosi Ani Esa'oretz. God promises, I'll make the land desolate, and v'shamamu ha'yoshvimba, and your enemies who dwell upon it will be desolate, says Rashi, an incredible, beautiful thought. Zumi Yisrael. This is good news for the Jewish people. nachas ruach, that your enemy will never be able to have satisfaction from Be'artsam, from your land. They're going to try, they're going to conquer you, they're going to literally evacuate you from your land. But for them, for them, it's going to be desolate. They will not be able to produce the land. I had been several times in Gush Katif, which produced tons of cherry tomatoes, flowers, which not only provided Eretz Yisrael, but was exported to Europe. And since the deportation, they have not been able to produce one cherry tomato. There's only one way to explain it, and that is our Torah predicted it. We live it, we see it, and we pray that we are on the way, that this is the precursor of our true Geula Shlema, complete and total redemption that we pray is coming. Bimheira, Amenu, Amen. Shabbat Shalom to all. J.M. in the A.M. My thanks to Rabbi Yudin. <clears throat> little problem with our uh, musical mechanism, but I think we've solved that problem. 
Candle lighting at 7.20 on this Arab Shabbos Parshas Tazria Mitzorah, 7.20 in the New York area. Today is day 20 in the counting of the Omer. If you've got the count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos, J.M. in the A.M. Shabbat 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 Menucha. Rishon, who let me cry, Kodesh, 
Tachon on an Erev Shabbos. Friday morning on this 5th of ER. Yeah, almost exactly 70 years ago today, declaration of the of independence of the state of Israel. Almost exactly, I say. Oh, I say almost exactly because um, I say almost exactly because um, it was an Erev Shabbos. 70 years ago, on the 5th of ER, when the state was declared. I want to thank Mayor Weingarten. I want to thank uh, Miriam L. Wallach, Yoni Pollock, everybody who played a big role in yesterday's seven-hour presentation of our Yom Hatzmaut celebration. Thank you to the Brooklyn Cyclones. They get a big thank you. They sponsored our day yesterday. They have Jewish Heritage Night, June the 19th. Their uh, group tickets are already on sale. They're single tickets. Go on sale next week. Go to brooklyncyclones.com, brooklyncyclones.com, and 
You can feel free to refer to them like I do since it's their 18th year as the Brooklyn High Clones. Yeah, why not? So a big thank you to them. Candle lighting at 7.20 on this era of Shabbos. It's day 20 in the counting of the Omer. Oh, uh, Matis has a great guest Sunday. I hope everybody out there tunes into all of our great programming over the weekend. We have a lot of great programming over the weekend. I'm not sure how we do it. Somehow we do it. Oh, by the way, before I talk about the weekend, I want to thank Kevin Conan, everybody at um, kosherinmidtown.com, 43 East 34th Street, kosherinmidtown.com for an incredible Yomatsmut lunch yesterday. Thank you, Kevin. Chag Sameach to you. Much appreciated. A brand new edition of Table for Two is next with Naomi Nachman. Erev Shabbos Music Mix is brought to you by our wonderful friends at Kedem. Um, Saturday Night Seagull starts at 9 o'clock with Avrami tomorrow night. JM Sunday with Matis. Now here's Matis' guest for Sunday. Try your hardest to tune in because it's going to be amazing. His name is Les Seidel. He's CEO of the Seidel Artisan Baking Institute in Israel. They specialize in Jewish breads, researching them, baking them, and teaching about them. I got to visit this guy when I get to Israel. One of their main areas of activity focus on the different breads used in the Beit HaMikdash and specifically the Lechem HaPanim. He has spent many years researching the Lechem HaPanim. He's in the process of writing a safer about it entitled Meir Panim. His research has delved into all aspects of the Lechem HaPanim from identifying the original ingredients used in baking it to the discipline of maritime archaeology in an attempt to identify what Rabbi Yochanan meant by Sfina Rokedet in Menachot, page 94b. The product of all this research is a special program of workshops that began in August in which we teach people in a practical way how the menachot were made with all the halachot and sources relating to it. In these workshops, the participants actually mix dough themselves, shape and bake the various breads with the different shitot, rikikim, halot matzot, morbechet, shtei halechem. They also reconstruct the baking of the lechem apanim using special pans made for the two shapes. Teva Prutza and Sfina Rokedet, and they reenact the loading of the breads on a life-size model of the Shulchan. This is not like visiting Machana Mikdash, which is a uh, which is a museum and an amazing museum. It's bringing the avoda to life and making it real. You'll never daven karbanot or musaf the same way ever again. Touching the life-size breads with your own hands, mixing and baking them yourself, smelling real levana burning—it's something that gives one a true levona, I should say. That gives one a true and deeper understanding of Tfilot and the Gemara. So there you have it. Try your hardest. Matis is on between 7 and 9 Eastern time this coming Sunday. Jeff Seidel of the Seidel Artisan Baking Institute in Israel will be his guest. Try your hardest to be tuned in on Sunday. It is going to be amazing. That is for sure. JM and the AM as we start to wind things down. Naomi Nachman with a brand new table for two. That's right. A brand new table for two is coming up. That's going to be happening uh, at 9 o'clock Eastern time right after JM and the AM. Meanwhile, here's Ari Goldwag's Fira Format Friday at JM and the AM. Do 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 
J.M. in the A.M. There you have it, uh, Ari Goldwag here at J.M. in the A.M. Time to say good Shabbos. Candle lighting in New York, 7:20. Chag Sameach. It's the fifth of E.R. Seventy years later, here we are celebrating an amazing anniversary for the Jewish people. Chag Hatzmaut Sameach. Time to say good Shabbos with Journeys here at J.M. in the A.M. The sun is going down. It's shining through the trees. Another week's gone by. Become a memory. So throw away your hammer. There's nothing left to do. Go on home and find a gift that's waiting there for you. Oh, it's time to say good job. Cause all your work is done. Gonna spend the day together with the Holy One Say a special blessing on a cup that's filled with wine Man and his creator, it's a very special sign Your candles will be burning, they'll fill your home with light Singing songs of Shabbos Well into the night So throw away your hammer There's nothing left to do 
Brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio around the world on the web at NachumSegal.com. On the NachumSegal Network and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. Okay, we have a very important correction, a very important correction. Malcolm Honline uh, reported to us that he'll be in Great Neck this Shabbat, Tazria Mitzora. In fact, he is in Great Neck next Shabbat. Uh, Malcolm Holmline will be visiting the Great Neck Synagogue, but not tomorrow. He'll be visiting the Great Neck Synagogue on the 28th of April. All right, so keep that in mind and plan accordingly. Wraps up an amazing week, an incredible day. Fifth of ER, 70 years later. Thank you to everybody for making yesterday's unbelievable seven-hour Yomatsmut special happen. It was uh, just remarkable, a great show, and so wonderful to bring it to you. Uh, great programming over the weekend. We have Naomi Nachman next with a brand new edition of Table for Two. Erev Shabbos Music Mix brought to you by wonderful friends at Kedem. Saturday Night Seagull tomorrow night with Avrami. Um, Matis, JM Sunday starting at 7 a.m. An amazing guest this Sunday. Make sure to be tuned in. Monday, we're back starting at 6 a.m. And don't forget, this coming Wednesday... The president of Yeshiva University, or by Dr. Ari Berman, is scheduled to join me in studio this coming Wednesday at JM and the AM. A phenomenal Shabbos, great weekend, everybody. Till next week, now, I'm going to remind you, remember to pass, live the present, and trust the future.